Welcome to BSD Talk number 177. It's Sunday, September 27, 2009. Yes, I did skip August, no podcast in that month, but I do hope to uh, start to have a few more out here more regularly. I did go to Euro BSD Con 2009 in Cambridge, England. Had an excellent time there, and I did make a few recordings. I'll see whether any of those are something that uh, I'll put in this podcast. Often I don't put conference lectures in my podcast stream just because it can get a little frustrating because you don't see what they're talking about. Uh, So without the slides, it's not quite as interesting, but hopefully there'll be one or two that I can post here. All right, so now on to the interview. This is an interview that I did record a little while ago, but have just now um, had some time to edit it. So enjoy. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with George Karamidis. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the chance to talk. Yeah, and I I wanted to talk to you uh, about a post that you had written about contributing to FreeBSD and open source projects. And maybe before we we start on that specific topic, could you introduce yourself, you know, how you're uh, involved in FreeBSD and maybe how you got started in this whole process? Yeah, okay. Well, it's a somewhat long story because I started initially working with Linux and uh, in about 1906 or 1907, I started translating documentation of Linux in Greek and uh, mostly helping other people install and use it. And then I found out about FreeBSD and switched about three years later. Most of my involvement with FreeBSD has been in documentation and user support or bug resolving and things like that. I'm not really one of the hardcore coders of the main team of FreeBSD, but I'm always trying to help new people install and understand how it works. So you, I guess you can say I'm one of the advocates of FreeBSD instead of the hardcore developers. What was it about FreeBSD that, that drew you to it from your Linux experience? One of the the wonderful things about FreeBSD is how consistent the entire system looks from the outside. I mean, if you're an end user and you start uh, looking for how things are done in many other systems and different operating systems, it's it's often a mix and match effort. You have to, to gather several different packages from a lot of, of different, for many different places and and start being the integrator for so many things that it's difficult to get a, a working system in, say, five minutes. FreeBSD does this in a very organized and, and consistent manner. It's it's one of the of the attractive things that an end user sees, and that's what what initially drew me to FreeBSD. I thought it was actually more easy to install than some of the other systems I've seen. What about working in FreeBSD in your native script? You know, I'm thinking about local localization efforts. Do you find that uh, you have to work primarily in ASCII characters, or are you able to get around uh, using the native Greek character set? No, it's actually very good, uh, very well supported. 
Greekish is one of the languages that that has the, a little annoying property of having many different char character sets for the same thing. Uh, there are at least two different encodings of Greek characters, and both of them, to, to my surprise at first, were supported very well in FreeBSD. And, and when we're talking about, I guess, you know, FreeBSD, we also have to, to realize that there's a sort of a, a separation between general open source applications that run on top of FreeBSD, along with running on top of many other things, like the game Instant Messenger you know, it's just an open source project that even runs on Windows, and its localization support might be yes. different than than something that's in the base system, like the man pages. Exactly. Yes. Well, the man pages are not localized in Greek, and uh, that that could be a very interesting effort to to start going. But uh, it's it's not one of the things that uh, looks like it will pay off a tremendous amount of of gain for all the effort that's going to be involved. So we we sort of depend on the English versions for all Greek users too. Besides some of the, the contributions that you've been doing to FreeBSD, there was also a, a blog post that you did recently about people contributing to FreeBSD and, and how can how they can overcome some of their fears. Uh, and it talked about a pebble of an elephant. Could you describe what that post was about and, and the message you were trying to get across to people? Uh, that, that was actually a, a, a blog post of mine that had a quite unexpected effect to people because I, I started writing it when I was impressed by, by this parable of the elephant you talk about, how an elephant is chained in a circus and uh, he... He never actually tries to escape because he, he's afraid. He's afraid that he's not going to make it because he's always been chained since he was very, very small. This sort of unreasonable fear is what often keeps people away from open source. It's, it's very common to, to be a new contributor to FreeBSD or an, even a potential new contributor and be afraid that that the developers who are very wise and very older people than you and very elitistic or something of this sort are going to, to talk down to new people and not going to accept any contributions they have to make because they are silly contributions from new users who don't know what they are talking about. But that's, that's really the same unreasonable fear that the blog post was talking about. Because as a development team, the FreeBSD development team and many open source development teams are quite are working in quite the opposite manner. They not only they accept new users, but they depend on them. They actually expect new people to to test what the open source project is doing and and comment on what they see, what could be improved, or something of this sort. When, when a new contributor is afraid of speaking and saying that they want to do something in a different way, that's part of the unreasonable fear I was talking about. Because new contributors have this, this certain viewpoint of projects that, that's refreshing and can bring new ideas to open source projects. We we want this sort of stuff. We don't discourage it or, or avoid it. 
Do you have a, a particular early memory about some of your contributions that, you know, where you were perhaps a little reluctant and and were actually accepted in, in a way that surprised you? Yes, it's that's that's a very good question because one of the things that even as a new FreeBSD committer that I was in back in 2000, I think, is that uh, even after becoming a FreeBSD documentation committer, I had this strange idea that the other committers would have to somehow taste my my devotion to the project, my my contributions would have to be vetted against some standards that I didn't already know. And, and that's often true because there, there always are rules that you have to follow when you are part of a team. But that's not going to, to stop people from accepting any new ideas that you have to do. For example, I remember two different cases when I started with FreeBSD and, and started posting questions about it. I had this this uh, encounter with mail wrapper, the utility of FreeBSD for switching between different mail uh, transfer agents, and uh, not having read all the documentation that existed, I I filed a new bug report and talked about how mail wrapper was getting in the way and stopping me from using QMail. Back then, it was a QMail fan, and uh, one of the Older FreeBSD developers, I, I believe it was Sheldon Hearn, replied to my bug report with a very kind and gentle uh, sort of reply and said, uh, well, it's not really a bug because if you do this part and change this file there or add this option to that place, everything is going to work like you expected to do. So it's not a bug, it's just a minor configuration issue that you have to fix on your side. That's the sort of, of response that I grew to expect from FreeBSD developers because it's, it's how can I phrase this? It's, it's really not going to discourage people from contributing. It's, it's a reply that's negative in a way because it's not about what was reported, but it's not a reply that's negative in, in the spirit of the reply. Your contribution is well respected and and it deserves to be respected, but uh, it's it's phrased in a way, and it's the reply that we're getting is in a particular manner that's not going to offend someone for being new and for not being as experienced as probably somebody else. And that's really, really one of the important and good things about FreeBSD. Talking about a set of rules that you have to have when, when you're part of a team, I also assume that there's a certain amount of familiarity that you have to have with the tools of that team. And you know, even if even if you were trying to contribute just to documentation, is, is there sort of a set of technical skills that, that one should have? You know, even if you're not someone who's like a kernel programmer or an application developer, you know, one might be able to go ahead and try and improve documentation. But are there, you know, you know when I think about man pages, often um, trying to write a man page it requires a little bit more than um, just writing something down in a text editor. Uh, you know, what are what are some of the skills that some people might need to have familiarity with IRC or, or you know, anything like that when they're trying to get in on the ground floor with contributing to FreeBSD? That's also a great part of becoming a contributor to FreeBSD or any sort of contributor, like uh, a port developer, a documentation writer, or a technical reviewer, or some 
other part of the work that everyone has to do for FreeBSD. And uh, tools play a very great and important role in what we have to do every day. But uh, nobody is expected to know everything for these tools before even contributing or sending a patch or making a change here or there. We do understand that sometimes people have uh, not worked with some of the tools before. So there's this interesting concept that I've been thinking for a long time to write more details about, the, the, the concept of mentorship. Everyone who is on their way to become a new FreeBSD developer is assigned a, a more experienced and older member of the team as a mentor. And the mentor has to help the team get acquainted with all the tools that they have to use for their everyday work, to, to review all their policies before they are committed to the tree. So that's, that's another part of, of not uh, having a reason to be afraid to commit stuff to the tree, because new committers often have uh, a, a little amount of fear of touching various places in the source tree of FreeBSD because they might break something. Having a, a mentor that's sort of looking over your shoulder while you work uh, is not only uh, a way of making people follow the rules of the project, but it's also a, a sort of psychological help for the new developer. Because they know that when they get stuck uh, with something, when they don't know how to edit a one page or what to what commands to use to commit to a specific part of the repository or how to merge stuff from one branch to another. All the things that an experienced FreeBSD developer is taking for granted are probably new and sometimes interesting, sometimes fearful for the new contributor. So having a, men a mentor looking over the work of new contributors is our way of helping new developers get acquainted with their tools and uh, overcome this sort of impression that they have at first that they are probably going to break something or make things that nobody else likes and stuff like that. Once you started increasing the number of, of contributions, did you interact with the rest of the FreeBSD team primarily over the internet or have you had an opportunity to meet with them and, and work with them shoulder to shoulder, either at conferences or developer summits? Well, most of, of, the, of the interactions we have are through the internet, using email and IRC and exchanging files over the web and stuff like that. I've also attended one BSD conference in 2006, uh, the EuroBSD con in Italy, and uh, that was a, a quite new and interesting experience for me because I've, I've been to conferences all over Greece, but uh, that was my first time uh, in a PSD conference that was very focused and uh, its topic was everything related to PSD projects and not just an academic conference in some other place. I really liked being there and I think I can make it to other conferences too. One of them is Eurobeastie.com this September, too. I plan to attend this one, too. I think I'm going to make it. I really liked the previous one, so uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm also hoping to make it there, but we'll see how my schedule works out. Do you find also that there are a lot of FreeBSD users in Greece that you're able to interact with? Uh, there used to be a much smaller number of FreeBSD users. I think uh, I remember knowing only about, personally knowing about five or ten, mm. but uh, about a decade ago. Not a really, really small number. Uh, I'm I'm not aware of all the places that FreeBSD is used in Greece because that's, that's part of, of the, the way FreeBSD works. Everyone is free to use it, but they're not really uh, required to register to some central database or something like this. So I only knew of about five or ten people about a decade ago, but now there's an increasing number of communities forming in various places in Greece. Uh, well, one of the most active ones being in Crete. Uh, Manolis, who is uh, another Greek FreeBSD contributor, is really doing his best to organize the community there. And uh, there are lots of interesting things happening, like uh, new people joining the team of translators or organizing meetings of other Greek users about Linux and FreeBSD attended other uh, conferences in Greece and presented FreeBSD to Greek users. And all, all we can do to, to advocate FreeBSD in some of the places we visit. Well, if people want to want to get to your, your blog, what's the address for that location? I've been changing blogs for a while, but uh, this, this last one is, it looks like it's going to be stable. It's keramaida.com. All right, well, thank you for taking some time out of your day to speak with us, and maybe I'll see you in September. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com, and if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 177.